Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show and a giant happy new year to all of you. If you're listening to this right when it's released, it is January 2nd, 2024. And for this episode, I selected this interview very specifically. We're talking about not a gadget, not a gizmo, not a supplement, not even really a biohack. We're talking about what really lies at the root of our health journey, whether we're relatively healthy or we've got lots of stuff kind of in our way. And this speaks to our mind, our emotions. And my guest today is someone that I met at a conference last fall, and uh, his name is Rajana, and you guys are in for a total treat. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to share a little bit about a supplement, but this actually goes really to the root, again, of function. This is about a true cellular health game changer. Supplements specifically by a company called bodybio.com. I've used their products and I particularly love the phospholipid complex or PC, which is phosphatidylcholine. Ever wondered if you're truly taking care of your cells? So BC, PC, sorry, PC is a biological substrate, a phospholipid that contributes to cellular membrane structure and function. Think of it like the building blocks that make up the cell membrane. Functionally, PC enhances the free passage of nutrients into the cell while escorting waste out, which ultimately enhances the process of the metabolism. Better cell metabolism equals better cell health, which means a healthier you. Now, with over 25 years as a family business, Body Bio consistently crafts their supplements in-house in the U.S., so they are never oxidized and never heat-treated. So visit bodybio.com today, and to get 15% on your first order, use code NATALIE, and that's NATALIE with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E. All right, let's talk about our episode today. There is a huge piece of the puzzle missing from so many people when they're working to optimize their health. Most of us focus only on external solutions rather than addressing our mental health. Since the brain gut-brain connection is so very real, this means optimizing the health of your body needs to include optimizing your mental health. We really just can't have one without the other. So this is why in this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast with Rajana, we not only explore the interconnectedness of physical health and emotional balance, but we also dive into the concept of emotional lab reports. I mean, how much do you love that? I love that. This is a tool that could revolutionize the way we understand and manage our emotional health. We also discuss the impact of unaddressed emotional trauma and stress on physical health, what symptoms it can commonly manifest as in the body, and so much more. Rajana is the co-founder and CEO of Liberate, a human transformation company that teaches a data-driven and heart-centered approach to help you experience breakthroughs in your mental and emotional health. Raj is also a former reservoir engineer, 40 under 40 entrepreneur, and the podcast host of the Stay Grounded podcast. To learn more about what he does, 
go to liberate, so that's L-I-B-E-R and the number eight dot health and use code NAT10 to save on any of the life-changing programs they offer, including getting your emotional lab report. To learn more about Raja himself, head over to rajjana.com and that's R-A-J-J-A-N-A.com. Okay, now, before we jump into the episode, I do want to talk to you a little bit about Sensate. If you're anything like me, you may find it challenging to commit to a regular meditation practice. Meditation offers incredible benefits like a reduction in stress, improved deep sleep, a balanced nervous system, the works. And so if you're ready to start reaping these benefits, you need to check out Sensate because Sensate is an innovative, in, innovative infrasound resonance device that when used in conjunction with the sessions provided in the Sensate companion app, can help to reduce stress and improve your overall well-being. The device emits infrasonic sound rays. So basically you place it on your chest and they synchronize with the app soundscapes, delivering deep relaxation within 10 to 30 minute sessions. Sensate not only helps to release immediate stress and anxiety, but it also builds long-term stress resilience, improves heart rate variability, and enhances the quality of your sleep. I love using my Sensate right as I'm falling asleep and I use the track uh, Temple, which is Sound Bowls and Chants. It is absolutely magical. And it's been a complete game changer for my mental health and for my falling asleep. Now to take step towards improving your overall well-being and stress levels, you can use code NAT at GetSensate.com to save some money on your own Sensate device. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the show, Raj. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. I'm really excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. It's so good to reconnect. Yeah. So we met just a couple of weeks ago, actually, mm -hmm. at uh, the Dragonfly event in Boulder, Colorado, where you are still hanging out. Um, still hanging out, freezing my butt off, just <laughs> trying to stay warm. But I'm grateful that it's Boulder's is such a special place. I, I'm grateful I get to spend more time here. So, yeah. Yeah, and I was I'd never been to Colorado before. I found it quite beautiful. Really? It was your first time. Wow, it was, it was that's special. Mm -hmm. How is it for you? Um, I, I I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it's it's such a gorgeous place, and that the place that we stayed, Chautauqua, mm. um, was stunning. Literally, yeah. I mean, you walk out, you look out the window in the morning, and the sunrise is hitting the mountains behind the place. It's slightly magical, right? It's so. <laughs> only slightly, only slightly, only yeah. a little bit, man. You know, kind of one of those awe-inspiring views, right? Yeah. So. Can't have too much of that. She no, no. Yeah. Actually, I think you, I think we get so little of it in our world. Mm, totally. I mean, I find sometimes oddly when I'm driving to the gym very early in the morning and I live by uh, Lake Ontario, which is kind of almost like an ocean. It's so big. And I'll catch like a, a particularly beautiful sunrise. Um, and that still gives me awe, that sense mm. of awe. And I think that's, you know, being able to connect with that as much as possible is is a nice thing. It kind of takes you out of your day-to-day -day kind of, you know, getting well, puts you into a done. state of appreciation 
mm-hmm. as opposed to one that's focused on all the wrong in our lives. And there's so much documented research on gratitude and connecting to awe and wonder and really being able to create more moments of that in your life just on a day-to-day basis and what that does trickle down on your nervous system, on your well-being, on your sleep. There's so much that we can dive in just on that one practice of just yeah. paying attention to how lucky we are to see just another sunrise or just another sunset every day. Yeah. That's no, really hundred, hundred, Well, we just had a full moon, just another full moon. So on that note, let's watch, <laughs> let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Like, you know, the, this, this whole realm outside of, and I'm not going to call it outside of biohacking because I actually think what we're going to talk about today is fundamental and crucial to anyone who's really focused on optimizing their health span and their longevity. Yeah. And but it is often the forgotten piece. And if it's not forgotten, it's set aside because it actually requires us to do more of the personal work that can be really difficult. And so I, you know, I know that you have a library of beautiful stories to kick us off with. And I'm going to let you choose what you share about why you do what you do, where you're at and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, thank you. So, you know, my, my journey, I'm a, just a serial entrepreneur creator. I, started down the entrepreneurial path pretty young and stumbled into success early on and found myself asking bigger questions than I knew how to answer. And that then took me down a path of uh, just a very tough experience. I got out of a nine-year relationship and then I had a bunch of debts in the family and then COVID happened. And it's like my life was just like really getting hit. And so for myself, I, I found myself in this world of mental health needing mental health resources, needed mental health support. And I just realized how confusing this world of going inward was. Like there's so many tools out there. There's so many uh, modalities. There's so many podcasts and people telling me to do this and do that. And this this approach is better. My approach is better. There's a billion books on how to calm your mind and find peace. And it's just so confusing. And, you know, so like my, my journey into mental wellness came from me kind of just spraying, like trying everything I possibly could underneath the sun. <laughs> like I just wanted to feel better. I, mm-hmm. and I was also really inspired on the wellness journey. Like, you know, I was, um, you know, investing in biohacking and, you know, I, I did a lot of work with, you know, friends with a lot of guys like, like Ben Greenfield and he, you know, he's got all these tools and techs and you know, all these things. And so I was always really excited by biohacking, but I, I think I found myself kind of getting stuck in this wave of going into looking for the new tool, the new tool, the new tool, the new tool mm-hmm. without looking at kind of like the underlying reasons why I was so obsessed with finding the next tool. Yeah. Shiny new object syndrome. Shiny new objects. Right. And, and, um, and so that it was, it was, it was kind of around that 2020 frame where I started looking at biohacking through a different lens. Like I was running into a lot of health challenges myself. I was in a a really long relationship and I was experienced, I was drinking more than I'd ever been drinking. And it was like, just really weird how I was trying to biohack my way out of all these basics. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I'm drinking a lot, but I'm also taking like 50,000 supplements. So it should be fine. It'll even itself out. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, like it was like, all, like the mindset was just like, I will hack my way mm-hmm. out of all of these crappy habits that I have. I will hack my way out of needing to have hard conversations with my, with my partner at the time. I will hack my way out of all of the underlying, I, I will hack my way out of the, the need to actually look at the underlying root reasons why. I actually needed to go biohack in the first place. And it wasn't until I had my my first kind of big aha awakening where, and I share this on the dragonfly stage, but you know, I was in a nine year relationship and kind of got to a point in our relationship where I had a hard time moving forward. And as I just kept pushing off the hard conversation about two months before we actually ended our relationship, I ended up experiencing a very significant experience as a young man of erectile dysfunction and my mm. my 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 just my penis was just not working <laughs> in the relationship and like I'm 27 years old I'm like what is happening and I go to my tools I'm like all right let's go look at all the biohacking things I need to do I got the red light therapy machine I went and bought a bunch of supplements I almost flew down to Mexico to inject my penis with stem cells it was like a whole like just wave of things and then a friend of mine sent me to a hypnotherapist. Hmm. And when I had my first hypnotherapy session, it brought so much awareness to how much I didn't know. And then we had multiple sessions around what was going on with my body. And and then all of a sudden, instead of talking about my penis, we started talking about my relationship. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and as we started going into the unconscious mind to ask the real question, which is, Raj, you've been with this lady for nine years. Why are you not proposing? That's when all of the real reasons why, like the real roots of her not being the right person for me, of, of, of me feeling like I needed to abandon my needs in order to keep the relationship, me feeling like there's so many underlying programs, if we want to call them, or root traumas from my childhood, or... Uh, beliefs about the world or fear of being authentic, whatever we want to look at underneath the hood. Like it was the first time I was exposed to all of that. And it wasn't until I came out of those hypnotherapy sessions and I had a hard conversation with my former partner and I told her, Hey, I just, I feel like my body is actually responding and it's telling me that we're not supposed to be together. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. But let me tell you, two weeks or three weeks after that happened, I was also measuring my, 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 I went and did a DECA, like a, a DEXA scan with yep. um, this, uh, was, uh, I was working with this longevity kind of uh, clinic in Austin at the time. That's where I was living. And we did my DEXA scan and my body fat percentage dropped by 3% between the day that I talked to my ex and me doing that DEXA. And I was working my ass up. I was working, I was going to the gym. I was trying to build all this muscle. I was doing all these things, but like, like energy carries weight yeah. and it lives in your body. And it's like this, whatever it's guilt or shame or repressed anger or all these sort of things that we lodge down, or maybe we're not even aware of. I was so unaware of it. Mm-hmm. But once that I kind of opened it up and I saw the impact. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, 
this is this was the missing link I was looking for in my health. Like I was trying to do all these things to hack my way into a better body, into a better life, into throwing money at the problem. Mm-hmm. But I was ignoring this thing, and it. And then when I became aware of that, I couldn't unsee it. And then that started a, a three-year personal journey of going really deep within and going into different therapy environments and asking for help in ways that I'd never asked for help, having a lot more hard conversations with my mom, with my dad, with my business partners at the time. Like, and it was a very, and that kind of started my journey of this. And and then, you know, on that journey is when then I met my now business partner, Liberate came to be, we had some really important touch points that continue to validate this idea of, you know, unprocessed emotion or beliefs or all these programs that are living in our unconscious mind, like how these are actually impacting health that then led to liberate kind of growing in its own way. But yeah, I'll pause there. Cause I think I, I said a lot, but I'll let you kind yeah. of steer it. Wherever no, that's you great. Go. So yeah, well, that's, blah. that's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> and at the same time, I think that, you know, where I think we go with this is, is so you 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 decided to now delve into how are you going to help other people through this process because i think that's what liberates about but i think that one of the one of the lines I, or one of the connections i'd like to make now for the for the listeners is we heard about how it connected to your health in 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 a way right which is you know, certainly as a young guy, thank God you did the work and didn't run around getting all these different. By the way, my penis is back in business. It's working <laughs> now. All of the tools now that everything's working, it's fine. Like all it's, good. It's all yeah. good. We're good. Just no stem cells that. required. <laughs> no you know. stem cells required. I'm, I'm just like, gonna say, at 27 years old, you probably shouldn't need stem cells for that. I purpose. mean, it was so scary though. Like it is literally the existential crisis of a lifetime. I was literally just having a conversation with another friend of mine who's going through this right now for men it is probably the greatest identity crisis of a lifetime yeah and especially yeah. as a young man to think well, that i was you gonna have- say because it hits older guys no for sure but there's there's often underlying there may be emotional stuff as well but there's often underlying physiological reasons totally, for it. totally. but at, at at the age you you are and were at that should not in the absence of an accident or something weird that shouldn't be a thing and you know it's funny that you tell that story because there's a guy there was a there is a guy in my facebook community who i want to say it was about two years ago was like you know what is there the the big question in these these communities is what's the peptide for right so he was asking what's the peptide for sexual performance because you know i'm having these major issues in the bedroom blah 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 and you know my typical answer to what's the peptide for is what's the reason for like why is this mm. happening how old are you what's your deal like have you looked at this that and the other thing anyway we we ask a bunch of questions and there are a couple of peptides that can help with libido but at the end of the day they're not really going to get to the bottom of what's going on and it took about two or three weeks and he came back online one day and he goes solve the problems um got rid of my girlfriend all is better with the world now and and not to be disrespectful to women because it's not you know probably he wasn't right for her. She was probably experiencing her really? own stuff on her side as well. But yeah. it is amazing in relationships how 
and and I'm not that we're going to talk only about this because I want to talk about major health issues that show up as a result of trapped energy trauma, whatever it is in the body, but how the body at some point is going to throw up a flag and say, okay, you're not listening. You're not paying attention. We're going to draw attention to the problem here. And we're going to do it in the only way we know how to make you listen. And if there's one way to make people listen, it's, it's that particularly it's your young health. Men. It's your it's, health. It's your health. It's, it's your at the end working. of the day, it's the biggest mirror of, you know, we do a lot of work um, with, with cancer patients and we work with a lot of different oncologists to integrate, you know, emotional lab reports and more of like this kind of emotional well-being into care plans. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, we see it all the time. Like the second somebody gets a cancer diagnosis, they think it came out of nowhere, but it didn't come out of nowhere. There, there's, there's, there's a, there's an accumulation of things, habits, choices, things we didn't get to look at that then led to this awareness. And that awakening is like a wake up call. It's like, okay, like how do I want to change my life now? How do I want to move? How do I, what kind of choices do I want to make moving forward that are, different and the ones that we find end up going through the highest likelihood of entering into remission and becoming coming into survivorship are the ones that choose to look at their cancer as a teacher Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. whether it's erectile dysfunction or cancer or an autoimmune condition or any of these health symptoms let's just call them all symptoms right like Mm -hmm. for what they are like when we can learn to listen to the wisdom of them Instead of jumping to the next tool or the next doctor or the next, it's funny, I was on a podcast yesterday uh, doing another one and, and the host, he was talking about his health journey and he was saying, you know, he went on a two year journey of flying all over the country, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars going to the best doctors, the best doctors, best doctors. But it wasn't until he actually just stopped and slowed down and surrendered that his body started getting better. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah. It's hard because it's so anti the mind, which I think is the way we think about biohacking. Like biohacking is such a mind focus. Like, let me quantify. Let me do this thing. If I move this thing, it'll happen. But I I think we're we're in this evolution of biohacking right now, where we're bringing in the soul. We're bringing in more of the the uh, call it the esoteric, but like it's more of that deeper aspects. And now there's so much technology out there that can actually quantify, you know, all of the different aspects of emotional well-being, whether it's heart rate variability or even CGMs in some way or tracking blood Mm -hmm. sugar and like the role that stress plays there. And then there's obviously the work that we do with our emotional lab reports. Like, so there's like, there's a lot of new technologies coming out that allow us to quantify, Mm -hmm. which is why I think now we're in this really exciting stage of biohacking where like, I feel like the soul is merging with the science to create a much more holistic way of thinking about our well-being that isn't so drawn to just the next greatest hack. I love what, you know, I think we've talked about this earlier, coming back to the foundation mm-hmm. of, of the foundations of health and just doubling down there and, and, and seeing the ripple impacts. So, yeah, well, I totally agree. And I've talked about this myself, like this, where biohacking right now seems to be going back to nature, back to the body and what it can do. But like, you know, if you look at the, some of the most powerful modalities out there to slow down, or even if you want to call it reverse aging, 
it all comes back to nature. It all comes back to stem cells and exosomes and, you know, tools that already exist in your body. It's about, you know, can we access them and reactivate them? But now this whole other area of emotion and energies that can be trapped in the, in the body that can ultimately, they have the final word in how you express, how you show up, how you're able to perform. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, that's a very scary idea, right? Yeah. Because it puts the it puts the onus back on you. But I do think what you just said about people with who get a cancer diagnosis who have the best outcomes, there was a really good book called, um, I'm sure you're aware of it, called Radical Remission. Uh, Kelly Turner, yeah, big yeah. fan. That's She's really been a big part of our study and research, um, just some of those miraculous, you know, cases. Um, right. Right. Seemingly miraculous, unexplained doctor, the oncologist throws it in a folder, stuffs it off into the corner and says, whatever, we can't explain those we're out. And she actually said, well, well, wait a minute, <laughs> let's look at what's going on here. And she had identified nine of the, nine of the common threads that ran through all of these cases. Yeah. And a lot of them were things like, getting rid of toxic jobs, getting rid of toxic relationships, having community and a good support system. I mean, yeah, they changed their diets. They, you know, they did all of the things that we think of and it's not always guaranteed, but at the end of the day, it was about turning inward. It wasn't about necessarily going out and finding a therapy that nobody had heard of before. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, and I, I empathize with the fear of wanting to look at what's there. Sure. And I, I, I'll also want to offer just, you know, a framing around shifting to curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Like this is like, it's your body. Your body's your friend. Your body is not going to, it's, it's not out to get you. It's, you're not at war with your body. Your body is the most amazing vehicle that we get to be inside of for the rest of our lives. Like mm -hmm. there's this incredible wisdom. And so there might be something we're unaware of. There might be a change we have to make in our life that feels really prickly, right? But framing it as like, hey, our, we're not at war with our body. This is our body giving us information. We can do what we want with this information. And I think that's where tools become really important, mm -hmm. right? Like, like tools like community. Community is so important when we start to go into the mental and emotional because oftentimes it is hard to go and talk about this stuff with the people in your life that are creating the problems. Yeah. Like you need to have people that believe in this, that support you, that are cheering you on and kind of creating a safe space for you to unpack what this is and, and, and then empower you with tools to regulate your nervous system or tools to sort of see what's going on inside through a different lens or, develop healthier mechanisms for releasing some of that bound energy that's just coiled up in your nervous system. And so I think there's a, there's some education, right. And mm -hmm. then just inspiring more curiosity because it gets to be an exploration of who you are. Um, yeah. I'll never forget having that conversation with my former partner of nine years was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is the thing I was most afraid of. And looking back I also don't have another experience where I felt more liberated and more free and more connected. And I had 
and and I've sought friends and and new community that were able to support me because my parents didn't know how to support me. They're like, "What are you doing? You're walking away from this nine year amazing relationship. Like, what's going on?" All my friends are like, "Dude, you're freaking crazy!" Like, yeah. I didn't have that support, and I didn't realize how much that was like because I didn't want to lose my friends. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. So it's like all these other factors. So it's important to just name all that stuff because it's not that you're afraid. It's like there's all these ancillary fears mm-hmm. kind of live around it. But if you were just in a silo surrounded by people that were cheering you on, I guarantee you that you would be super brave. It wouldn't even be a thing. Yeah. You would just. So it is like that's a big part of what we're doing at Liberate is like to kind of change the narrative around this and not it's like it doesn't have to be this fear thing. It can be this enjoying enjoyable exploration and as you become aware of all the things you need to do in your life or changes you need to make like you can be empowered to make them at your own speed yeah yeah so you're not recommending that people just throw everything out the window no (laughs) i i i I, I would not recommend that um (laughs) and and simple awareness Mm -hmm. is freeing yeah Right. So it's yeah. So just acknowledging and being aware. And I mean, it's funny what you said about your, your body is your friend. I think your body's primary goal is to protect you. And you know, the, the, your subconscious primary driver is protection and survival. A hundred percent. And so whatever has to be stashed away, whatever has to be hidden, whatever has to be locked up to allow you to continue to move forward is going to happen. And it's not until, you know, and I think this is maybe where, in some cases, whether it's hypnotherapy or some of the work that people do around psilocybin or ketamine therapy, like in therapeutic settings that allow them to see some of those hidden and old traumas and, and whatever it is in a non-judgmental way that doesn't force them to relive them. Totally. It doesn't make it go away, but it brings you in front of it. It allows you maybe to release that energy to forgive the child or forgive whoever it was that was involved and move past it. I mean, at the end of the day, having just a safe space, like one of the, one of the principles that we, we kind of live at um, one of our core values really in our communities that liberate is like when you give shame a safe space, it goes away. Like when you shine it in the sunlight, it just goes away. And I think shame is one of the biggest sources of our stress. Like we're constantly trying to hide ourselves and pretend we're different and, 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 and look a certain way and polished. And that's all creating stress on the nervous system that is just constantly running in the background. So then when we just create a safe space, it's not even like you have to go and process anything. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go and like go into the thing. Just having a beautiful loving container for somebody to just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Has so, such a profound impact. For sure. So so let's talk about how you came to create Liberate because, yeah. you know, so you had your own personal journey. You did the hypnotherapy thing, changed your life. Everything changed. The, you know, your energy changed, your your sense of even maybe what you wanted to do in life changed because as a serial entrepreneur, I'm guessing there wasn't a previous iteration to liberate. So you clearly launched in a completely new direction. So maybe talk a little bit about that. And, and then maybe we can talk about some of the, some of the cases you're, you're able to share, you know, when it comes to, because to me, I think what's really fascinating here in the context of this, this podcast is 
the connection between health challenges, whether it's mast cell activation syndrome or, you know, really intractable stuff where people are like, but I've been going after this for years and every doctor and I'm just not getting anywhere. And maybe in some of those cases, the, the key lies inside, not outside. And I just really want to anchor in what you just mentioned. Because I think if if anybody listening just anchors that in, you give yourself such an empowering opportunity like to really take like to me this is the the nervous system's role on health is something that we just are just beginning to quantify and understand mm-hmm. like it's it's not just about stress like the nervous system is literally connected from head to toe it runs every part of your body from your immune system to your digestive tracts to your lungs everything is connected through the nervous system and so as we begin to learn more and this was kind of my journey like you know i kind of stumbled into it on my own and i was you know built i had my other companies I, my first company was a coffee company and i sold a, a good chunk of that and then i started kind of going down this path and as i was going down my path i ended up meeting a, a really dear friend um mr tristan roney who um ended up passing away from stage four cancer at the age of 37. Mm. And in the last eight months of his life, I met him eight months before he died. Wow. And we were sitting in a, in like a, a meditation community healing retreat where him and his beautiful wife showed up and they were just like, guys, we're out of options. We just need support and community. And, um, and they came in and I just got to see this man in the last eight months of his life, dedicate himself to, some of this deeper work, like he was uncovering some of his childhood traumas. And just so you're aware, I mean, he was 37 years old, 37 years old, stage four colon cancer, um, had a top, his wife had a top 50 health podcast. Um, you know, she still does like she's, you know, she's doing her thing and she's very public about Tristan's journey. And, you know, um, and I, I just remembered the witnessing his journey. He was doing all the health things. And in the last eight months of his life, he uncovered this world of of trauma healing and spirituality and more self-love and self-forgiveness and learning how to to remove his shame. Shame was one of the biggest things that kind of were were keeping him in this cycle of self-deprecation. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I saw him do this work and I saw the impact it made on his family. I saw the impact it made on his kids that he left behind. And I saw the way that his community remembered him. Even though he ended up dying, I just saw the way he died Mm -hmm. and the beauty that he left behind and the legacy left behind that I was like, wow, like I really want to do something in mental health. I was like, this work matters. This work matters. And, um, and it really is something that, that, that needs to exist, you know, cause at the time I was looking at his journey, like his doctors had no idea how to support his mental health, uh, because they're not trained to address mental and emotional well-being. They don't have time. They're looking at so many other things. It took him six months to get access to a therapist, um, because it was in the middle of COVID and he just had, and then he started going the route that we all do, which is biohacking and what he was already well aware of, you know, he was deep in the health space and, and he started investing out of pocket in all these different tools and modalities. And he was just spraying money without having a way to track and address like what he needs to actually resolve, which was his shame. 
mm-hmm. which was these self-deprecating thought loops and stories that he had about himself. Like those are the root things that were creating all of this. And he didn't know that because he didn't have a tool to help him identify that stuff. He was, it took his therapist, when he did get a therapist, it took him like 10 sessions, you know, like of consistent going into it to get to those roots. And he was running out of time. And I just saw this massive problem and I was like, all right, we just need to like work on solving this. And at the time uh, I met my business partner coincidentally as well. And he had been working on, uh, a technology platform to sort of do a root cause analysis of somebody's stress and tie present day emotions and stressors and track it all the way back in time to find all of the root beliefs and the traumas and the core wounds and everything that had happened throughout their lives that are that that are creating this nervous system programming that's mm-hmm. all contributing to their health challenges and thought it was brilliant at the time. I thought it was really eerie timing too, because my friend had yeah. just passed and I was like, what the heck is going on universe? All right. I was kind of <laughs> feeling like I wanted my next project anyways. And so I kind of just leaned in and we started supporting different mental health communities at first, um, working with different clinics and and psychologists and just supporting that journey um, of tracking anxiety and depression and addictive tendencies and behaviors all the way back in time to what's going on. And and we were supporting that like emotional lab reporting kind of process. Um, and then we got a chance to work with Dr. Nasha Winters, who you met at the Dragonfly Conference. Um, yeah. We, my business partner was dear friends with one of Dr. Nasha's private clients who had passed away and they were looking for a tool to bring in more emotional tracking around like what's going on with their patient's stress profiles and how do we pair them up with tools that are like good for them. How do we know what to solve and what tools are going to be best for them? And they didn't have a framework for using that. Our tech, our app, our emotional lab reports were like perfect. So like, let's test this out. Let's try it out. And as we started working with them, um, we had a cohort of cancer patients that came through and there was one patient who started tracking her emotions inside of our app. And um, she was tracking you know, just all these moments where she would experience a trigger, Mm -hmm. you know, these triggers are, you know, anytime she'd get into an argument with her loved one was a trigger. Whenever she'd have a feeling of, you know, not mattering to her family or that she was being a burden, those are all triggers. Or anytime her doctor just wouldn't hear her and she'd get Mm -hmm. frustrated and angry, those are all triggers. So we, we, we started documenting these triggers and tracking, okay, like what's going on in your nervous system when you're experiencing these and then as we took her through our process, which is a 90-minute process where we track your triggers back in time and just start to slowly revisit any memories that you might have. And we create a really loving and safe space for you to do that in private. As we started working with this client, she had stage three breast cancer. And we were tracking these triggers back in time around not feeling heard and not nobody listening to her and having this like kind of flavor. And as we got back in time, she started recalling memories from her childhood where there were similar feelings of not being heard and nobody listening to her. And as she was recalling these memories, her tumor in her chest started getting agitated. You're kidding. And it was one of the most uh, surreal, visceral kind of examples of like, I mean, it kind of was a slap in the face for me because I had just seen my friend pass and he was 37 years old, you know, like, no reason the man should have, the top 50 health podcast, doing all the biohacking things, no reason he should have gotten sick. 
And so for me to see that, and then all of a sudden now having this other example of this woman who was having this sort of agitation where her tumor was. What do you mean by agitation? Like it was like she could feel it. Kind of like a like chronic, almost like energetically, like she could feel it. Yeah, it was like a like like like, like 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 you know, like in there's a lot of documented research on like you know chronic back pain being yeah. tied to emotions and mm-hmm. and like so it's like these health symptoms or like or if you have an autoimmune flare up, it usually comes right after a stressful event, right? Yeah. Like so, there's all these ties to stress, emotion with a physical health symptom, and this was like the first time I kind of saw that. Which mm-hmm. was like she was having this chronic kind of agitation or pain where that tumor was. And it was so eye opening. I remember calling my business partners at the time and I was like, guys, like, what the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and um and it really just made us realize, like, wow, like, okay, like that's one example of cancer patient. Cancer is a very complicated disease. I will never be the one to suggest or say that emotion is like the root thing that creates cancer or trauma is the root thing that creates cancer because that would be an absolute dismissal of the amount of toxins that live in our environment, the mm-hmm. the role that diet plays. You know, There's so much that goes into it. And in this specific case, it did seem like for that individual patient, her unprocessed emotion, whatever anger she was holding in her, was directly linked to the location where her tumor was. And so it kind of opened up this idea of like, wow, like, you know, this is kind of the missing link in in this space of how do we actually track the specific emotions, the specific traumas, the specific instances that are contributing to health challenges. And that's what we've been working through, you know, so we, we pioneered kind of an emotional lab report, which is kind of like our product where we track your emotions and then we track it back to the specific nervous system programs and potential traumas and potential sort of repressed emotions and where they are in your body. And then we pair you up with precision tools, a six week plan for you to begin actually addressing it. And we have programs and stuff and and it's been amazing in the last few years. We've worked with a lot of people with a lot of different health conditions, chronic illness, from cancer, uh, I mean, addictive tendencies, you name anxiety, depression. And, you know, it's amazing what can happen when you incorporate this deeper root cause resolution at an emotional level. Like what can happen on your labs? Like, I mean, we've se- I, if I could name even some of the examples, like they're like we've seen cancer patients in specific come in with, you know, just the, well, I shared this one at the dragonfly, but I'll share this one again. Um, there was one client who came Nobody in. Nobody listening was a dragonfly. So you may as okay, well. Great, 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 great. So, yeah, yeah. So, 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 um, there's just one client, uh, three time leukemia survivor living in absolute terror of it coming back a fourth. And it's like the biggest thing. And as she started tracking her chronology of cancer, you know, it started when she had her first bout in leukemia happen right after COVID. Then she went into remission. And then a year later, uh, she was getting, I think, divorced. And mm-hmm. then after that, came back. After that, her, I believe her sibling passed. She had someone in her family pass. And so, like, we were able to track, like, okay, like, so she was, like, ready. She's like, all right, like, if another big stressful event happens in my life, 
I'm done. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. I need to become more emotionally resilient. That was her like goal. Like I just cannot allow stress to impact me in the way that it is. And I need to reprogram my nervous system to be more resilient. So that was what she came in for. We designed, we did an emotional lab report. We designed a three month program for her and you know, we tracked her emotions. We tracked all of these triggers that she was having around fear and spirit, fear of going to get her labs done, the fear mm -hmm. of feeling like a burden, like all these things that were running in the background. And then we went in and designed this program where she was doing daily breath work. And we taught her how to kind of hold space for her scared little child that was kind of living inside of her unconscious mind that was holding on to all of these memories. And we taught her how to love herself, how to set healthy boundaries. I mean, very basic things, nothing like mm -hmm. wild, right? No crazy yeah. technology. We weren't roping in like the latest and greatest emotional laser to like carve out her, <laughs> her, you know, like, I, you know, like a, we didn't yeah. have any like wild new neural pathways into her brain. We weren't, we weren't doing any of the brain taps. There's all these amazing tools out there and technologies that we believe in, by the way, I want to, I want to really name that like, we're big believers in Liberate and the emerging science of nervous system regulation and all the amazing technologies out there. So this isn't to dismiss any of that. For, mm -hmm. for this individual, we went back to the basics of can we teach you without any of the technology how to feel your anger and express it safely in a nonviolent way to the people in your lives in a way that can allow you to feel heard and respected. Mm -hmm. And listen to can we teach you how to have more compassion for yourself when you have some of these fear-based sort of experiences that show up can you forgive yourself these are the kind of basics that we came back to well three months after completing her program or no actually she finished a three-month program doing this type of work on a pretty regular basis this is what she prioritized and committed to for this season of her health over all the other things that she was doing and she went in and got her labs done. She, she went into her oncologist and, you know, after three bouts with leukemia, her oncologist told her that, you know, she would never have a total blood cell count, which is her, you know, her white cell blood count, her red blood cell count, her hemoglobin, hemoglobin count, like nothing would be back to normal. She yeah. would always be kind of in that compromised range to her shock and her oncologist shock. Not only were her lab markers better than they've ever been, but they were back in a normal range. Wow. It's almost like her body had reversed the negative impacts of the cancer itself. And I would love to say that that was an anomaly in our community, but we have so many patients that have developed such a healthier relationship with their health as a result of not having this giant, like, unconscious mind like your unconscious mind runs you know 95 or something so percent of your operating power so even if you consciously mm -hmm. know you want to be healthier want something different like your unconscious mind is like uh-uh it's not safe i got all these things i got i got to protect you da, 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 da. just by addressing what's happening back there and really speaking that language right speaking to the parts of you that are trapped back there mm -hmm. i mean to see like digestion better than ever, sleep scores are better than ever, HRV numbers are better than ever, no longer living with the fear of going to get your labs done and like what's going to happen, like no more emotional freakouts, relationships are better. I mean, like there's just so many tangential impacts of this work and 
And that's why I'm such a believer. Cause I'm like, yeah, I, I well, it frees energy, right? Like it liberates you. It, it frees up your energy for other things. Like keeping all those tabs open in the background, keeping that, totally. that subconscious, keeping you safe, hanging on, doing all that work ties up a lot of your energy and freeing up that energy to now go where it needs to go to run your immune system, to, you know, to do, to freeing you up emotionally, to connect with people in a different way. All of a sudden, I would imagine she just even felt lighter. Like yeah. Eight years later. That's the, and that's the thing, right? Like we can find all of the best biohacks to sleep better, but what better biohack than mm -hmm. to just shut off the parts of you that are keeping you up? Yeah, for sure. You know? It's like, those are like, it's, it's this removal. This is where like my philosophy on my health now, this is like more of a Raj perspective and you know, it's obviously incorporated into liberate, but like my, 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 the way I look at my health is like, what are the barriers to health and can I do the work to remove them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of trying to find the next thing? Like what's getting in the way? Hey folks, just a quick break from this episode to thank our sponsor, Leela Quantum. Did you know that your quantum energy field is constantly disrupted by toxicity and stress? That's why I use Leela Quantum Tech products. Stress is a known element in aging, and many people still struggle to manage it. By leveraging Leela Quantum products, you can help yourself master stress, feel more at ease, ultimately contributing to a longer lifespan and, more importantly, health span. Leela Q products have been studied with dark field microscopy. These studies demonstrate significant protective and improvement effects of the Leela Quantum Block technology on the blood following just a 10-minute exposure. With over 15 studies already done and counting, Leela's latest third-party study revealed a remarkable 20 to 29% increase in ATP production, a vital process for the cells. By harnessing quantum energy, you can give your body a boost and slow down aging. Upgrade your life with Leela Quantum's pure quantum energy by visiting leelaq.com. So that's Leela, L-E-E-L-A-Q.com. And use code NAT10 to get 10% off your first Leela Quantum Tech order. Now let's get back to the episode. I've been talking about this more recently is what do you need to remove before you add? Ooh, right? What I love needs that, to be Natalie, that's what great. needs to be cleared out of the way before, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to add things. It's not going to mean that you're not you you know that a PMF mat might not be great for you or a red light panel might not be great. But what do you need to take away before you start adding things? And I actually um, interviewed um, a doctor a few months ago. Um, his name will come back to me in a minute, but he deals with people who have really horrible cases of mast cell activation syndrome. So these are people who are sometimes down to eating two foods and drinking mm. water. Like it's, it's nuts. And, um, and I was shocked that one of the things that he mentioned when he has to, when he works with these people and he literally brings them to his city and he puts them, they put them in a home that's been completely cleaned and cleared. So there's no mold, no nothing. But he said in almost every case, there's early childhood adverse events, mm. right? In almost every case, there's an early childhood trauma that's holding that person in a state of contraction that the body's not able to heal. So I, I think that um, all of the events that have brought you to where you are right now have conspired. I'd love to speak to that specific thing too. So yeah. the CDC actually did a study 
you know, yeah. almost 20 something years ago that linked almost every undesirable illness, whether it's a disease or a symptom like anxiety or even like community illnesses back to adverse childhood experiences. And mm-hmm. I remember when I first discovered the study, I was like kind of shocked because I always thought that, you know, adverse childhood experiences meant the big T traumas. Yes. Not right. Always. Like, oh yeah. Like, so like, so I was always like, oh, like, you know, I don't have any adverse childhood experiences. I had a beautiful childhood. My parents loved me and they, and they did and continue to be my greatest supporters. Right. So like, mm-hmm. mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, like they really are. They're my, my greatest supporters yeah. and they did the best that they could. Yep. Right. And so like, when I think about it from that lens, like, so the CDC actually defined out of the 10 things, I think it was like sexual abuse, physical abuse, living in a household with like alcoholics or addicted. One of them was actually emotional neglect. Mm. Mm-hmm. And emotional neglect to a child could be something like feeling abandoned. Mm-hmm. Like if, and, and this is where like we've done so much research now on the way that children's beliefs are formed and how they create some of these narratives and programs at those ages of zero to seven. Like if yeah. a child's left by his or herself just somewhere and she or he does not understand where mom is going. And she then internalizes, mom is leaving me. I'm not safe. What's going on? Like, that's a neurological imprint. Mm -hmm. That contributes to this fight or flight reaction and response. And and so like even going deeper, you know, I used to think that fight or flight just meant that. It was like this either run or like freeze or like, you know, like it's it's like this, like it was like very simple and archaic, but, you know, psychology associations have actually named fawning to be one of four fight or flight responses. Now fawning is another word for people pleasing. Oh, you're kidding me. Interesting. So think about this from a survival. Think about this from like a trauma response perspective. Like you as a child, right? Were in order for you to be accepted, which in a lot of the logic of a child, if I'm accepted, I'm safe. I'm going to be fed. I'm going to be included. I'm going to be So it's like there's this deep neurological wiring to belong. And if in order to belong, I must act a certain way, shut my mouth. It's like you see, it's like when you actually zoom out and you look at it from that perspective, you can see. It makes all the sense in the world. A hundred percent. If you're not part of the tribe, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get eaten by a wolf. Like that's. And to a child, to a child, that type of event is just as bad as something catastrophic because to that child that is not aware that does not have a prefrontal cortex to rationalize what's happening it's like oh my god this is life or death Mm -hmm. and what we what we just now are starting to understand is that these life or death sort of memories get sort of stuck and frozen in time in our unconscious mind So when we have then a similar experience happening in the moment, a trigger, what's actually getting triggered is that original neurological imprint. Hmm. And so you're, so it's this, there's, and this is where like the work becomes, you know, tracking all of these things and being able to effectively release the hold that these have. And that to me is where like, you know, 
there, there's a precision approach to do this. Like it doesn't have to be you just going in there and like going into therapy session after therapy session after therapy session or going if you No, I think the beauty of it is the release, right? It's like you're not resolving, you're releasing. You're acknowledging, you're identifying, and you release. You don't have to fix it. And I think that may be what scares a lot of people is like, well, how the hell am I going to undo that? And you don't have to. I think one of, and you said this very, very early on in this conversation, and that is you don't have to fix it. It just needs to be seen. (sighs) Just witnessed, given a space to breathe. And from that spaciousness, you can begin to rewrite. Because the same way that these programs were created, we created them. I want to really name that. Mm Because I think that's, most people think that we had this thing happen to us and we are just stuck this way for life. Yeah. Neuroplasticity, the science of brain change, which is really what's been kind of underneath this whole psychedelic renaissance, if we want to call that, like is all hinges on the idea that your brain is actually incredibly resilient mm-hmm. and has the ability to create new neural pathways if you use the right tools. Mm-hmm. So you can actually rewire, recalibrate, recreate whole new programs. I used to be so anxious, so anxious. I could not even like, it's like, it's funny. Like I have a podcast myself yeah. and done like 300 something episodes. And I keep my first episodes that I ever did back in like 2017 on the show, not because they're like great or whatever, but because it's a reminder to myself of like what's possible when we do this work. Like I go back and I listen to myself and I'm like talking a million miles an hour. I can feel my anxiety. I can feel how prepared I was. I can feel how I wanted it to be perfect. Like all of these programs that I had inherited from my childhood where my parents impressed on me the importance of perfection and the importance of doing your best and looking your best and needing to be perceived a certain way. And I can feel the energetics of that. And for me in four years, not a long time to really think about it, like to change all of those programs to feel so grounded in my body, to, to have the health, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to do that holistically by self-love, self-forgiveness, you know, these types of concepts has been really empowering because it doesn't cost anything to love ourselves. No. Like it's the cheapest biohack there is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it is. It, it, well, it's free, right? It's just, it just, we just have to access it, which is not always easy. Um, so I'm, so listening to you and having this conversation, it seems to me that it wouldn't be a bad idea for people to think about doing work like this, not wait till you're sick, but maybe preemptively as a way of clearing and showing up as the best person that you can, whether you're a parent or a friend or however, whatever it is that's important to you in your life. It seems to me that, I mean, yes, in cases of illness, um, whether it's chronic or cancer, whatever the case may be, doing this work is great, but how valuable would it be for people to just do this just like you do regular maintenance, just like you go to the gym or, you know, you do all the things to take care of yourself. Wouldn't this be a great thing to do? I think it's the, the biggest 
upside. I mean, this is what gets me so excited, right? Because like it's like you discover this and whole new world of well-being and health, and like a like it's a part of you that if you're already passionate about wanting to be in the best health to, for whatever reason, whatever your why is for wanting to get healthier, whether it's your family or your athletics or your fitness or your energy levels or whatever the reasons why we are drawn to this, this, this idea of living longer and not just living longer, but living well as we age, right? Like this idea of our lives getting better to me, I can't think of a more empowering lens. It's like you have this incredible medicine within yourself, access to this incredible healing tool within yourself. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. It takes curiosity. It takes community and it takes tools, right? And all of these are available to us. But I think the first step is just acknowledging and realizing that this is actually something that you get to do. Hmm. Like I'm, I, it, it was, I, I can speak from my own journey. Like it's just, it started out as this resistance. I was brought to the brink of penis not working to <laughs> trauma. Be like I need to do this. Yeah. And I look back and I'm like, you know, everything's perfect. Obviously I attracted every human being into my life for the right reasons. And I trust that, you know, it was all part of my journey and awakening and lessons. But I do wonder, like, if I would have had these types of tools, could I have created, like, how much of my life could I have, and I started pretty young, right? So like, it's like, I'm 32 now and I feel like I have my whole life ahead of me. Oh yeah. Well, you had a lot less to do than somebody my age would, right? I mean, well, I'm I'll decades this. ahead of you. So, I'll, well, I, I want to speak to that too because you know most yeah. of the people in our communities are in their you know 40s to 60s, you know, and so one of the biggest resistances I hear is like, "Gosh, why even start?" <laughs> like, you know, why even start? Like, because like it's like it's just never ending. I'm going to be stuck in this never ending cycle of just going into all my crap and all this stuff, right? Well, the first time you see a part of yourself. And you discover a new part of yourself, it is one of the most exhilarating and exciting things I've seen all the individuals in our communities experience. Like that first aha mm -hmm. is like my favorite. It's literally my favorite thing. I, I, I live for it. I live for that first aha of like, whoa. And then it's like there's this whole world that you get to discover about you, like why you are the way you are. And where those stuff, where that stuff comes from. And then as you learn to express yourself and feel your emotions, you just start to feel this whole new wave of life come on. And I'm not speaking for myself. I'm just speaking from what I observe in our communities. Yep. Um, it is one of the most empowering things to watch. Um, you know, just even my mom, my mom is on this journey now and I see her is like, she? nice. she's on this journey of awakening. Yeah. Like I just see her. I'm just so proud of her because like, she's like, She's, she's, she's learning all these new things about her and she's like texting me about these things and all these books now she's like interested in. And I'm like, holy crap, mom, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really beautiful for me as a son to, you know, watch my mom and, and, and be able to also then witness a lot of the women in our communities and, and individuals in our communities that are like my mom's age and to see, you know, what's possible even in that second kind of afternoon of life. Like what type of purpose and fulfillment and meaning 
you can identify by like making yourself your greatest project. It's like your, your next purpose is like you, nice. which is really exciting. Yeah. So I love that. All right. I'm trying to decide where we go from here. We have some time, not a ton of time. So why don't we talk a little bit about the liberate program, right? Sure. Because we've talked about this toolkit and I love the idea of what did you call it? Emotional lab. Emotional, emotional lab report. Yeah. That's an that's, emotional that's, lab report, right? We do, we do blood work. We measure our microbiome. We measure our micronutrient status. We measure our inflammation, all these things. This idea of an emotional lab report is, I mean, frankly, it's, it should be basic, right? It should be one of the, it's, it's like one of the things we should be doing from the time we're children, but we're not. So there's no time like the present. So. <laughs> no time like the present. <laughs> so let's talk about what is an emotional lab report. And, you know, you talked a little bit about what, what's involved earlier, but maybe let's, let's un, unpack for people a little bit what they can expect if they yeah. were to, to choose to embark on a journey like this. Yeah. So I like to think of, you know, emotional lab reports are kind of the thing you do before you begin any type of therapy, before you go into any type of like, you know, any modality you might choose, whether it's hypnotherapy, just traditional therapy, ketamine assisted therapy, whatever your tool is that you're interested in, getting an emotional lab report allows you to sort of one, get a basic understanding of like what is actually going on underneath these uncomfortable sensations that you're having. Right. So if you're having physical health symptoms or if you're having challenges in relationship or you're feeling this burnout, your body is responding. Okay. Like let's, before we choose, cause there's a million tools out there, mm -hmm. but in order for us to choose the right tool for you, like let's establish a baseline of where you're at, mm -hmm. right? Like you wouldn't go and make, start making changes to your diet without doing a bunch of, you know, analyses on your numbers and then you're like, oh, I need more iron or like, I need more of this or, you know, like that's like ideally how you should do it. I was going right? to say you should do that. It's not like people don't run around slinging their diet to the sky. Totally, just on a totally. Whim, but yeah. <laughs> totally. Right. Like that's in a, in a perfect world. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Well, emotional lab reports help us do that same thing. So we're just going to check and create, okay, like when you experience stress, where is it coming from? What are the programs that are running in the background? Um, when you sign up on our website, um, you know, we have an emotional lab report page. You can just go and check that out. And then from there, once you sign up, you get a link to download our app. We start tracking your emotions and your triggers. And then we take you into a 90 minute one-on-one -on -one session with someone on our team where they guide you through a process of uncovering even more information. All of that then gets put into our, our HIPAA compliant system. Mm -hmm. which then generates your emotional lab report. And the emotional lab report looks at all of your psychological markers, everything that you might be experiencing, re-stress, and then pairs you up with tools, books, podcasts that are tailored to your unique situations. Wow. And so it's like, instead of you having to go out there and get a recommendation for a book from your friend, or it's kind of like this becomes a data-driven way for you to navigate the very confusing, overwhelming world of mental and emotional well-being. And then, and then on the back end of that, we have a community where, you know, we support you in actually implementing some of the changes that you experience. And then we have programs that we do if you want to go really deep for like three months and just tackle this with everything in you. Okay. So that's nope. what I was going to ask. There's a continuation for people who want it. Like it doesn't yeah. have to stop just at that 90 minute session. If, if the emotional lab report comes back and says, sweetheart, you got 
you got some shit to unpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no. There is an option to, to then go deeper. Yeah, there are options to go deeper. There are options to continue doing this type of work. And um, and that's ultimately what it is, right? Like it's this is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's you know, for us, like, you know, my why, if I really even think about it here, like, you know, after when I started first started going down this path, like, you know, I feel very fortunate that I had a lot of resources. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of you know, I was doing successful. I was a successful entrepreneur. I had the money, I had time, I had the energy, I had the motivation to really throw a lot at like all the therapists, all the tools, everything. And like, I was just in like this spending spree. And, you know, my, one of the biggest reasons Liberate exists is because we were like, wow, like most human beings don't have that. We don't have time. I look at Tristan, mm-hmm. my dear friend. He was dying of cancer. He didn't have time to just go to therapy session after therapy session after therapy session after therapy. Session. He needed results and he needed them yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. so really like our emotional lab reports, our programs are really designed to kind of be like your foundation. Mm-hmm. Like let's actually like do a little bit of pre-work to let's make sure like what's happening in your, let's, let's establish a baseline from there. Let's pair you up with the tools to address mm-hmm. the things that are creating the problems. And then in three months, let's track. Let's run another emotional lab report and let's see where you're at. And let's make adjustments to your plan. And in a year of doing that, you're going to get more than I would say, you know, 10 years of just conventional therapy. Like that's kind of our, that's really what we pride ourselves on is removing the confusion so that you can just get to the root faster and eventually become your own badass therapist, like self-therapist that you just know how to work with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions because that stuff should be taught in schools. I'm, uh, I'm just sitting here thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know, <laughs> this this needs to be part of the curriculum in every school. Um, so, but, you know, let's start with where where we can go and, and then go from there. So, yeah, I'm sitting here making a mental list and writing down names of people I know who, including starting with myself, who need to go start doing this work. So, And I did remember the name of the doctor. It's Dr. Bruce Hoffman. Mm, He's actually cool. in um, in Calgary, in Canada, and he works with uh, with people who are very ill. And he was the one that mentioned the early childhood events. So, um, So this is awesome. Raj, I feel like we could keep talking for days, totally. but um, given that the limitations of real life, uh, let's tell people a little bit about where they can find you, where they can learn more about Liberate. And yeah. um, and I want to make the point that, you know, I just want to bring it back and just say, in a perfect world, we don't wait until a crisis to do the work. Um, in a perfect world, we recognize that this is part of our own personal journey and hygiene. And, and like I said before, it's part of how we get to show up as our best selves every day, whether you're a parent or whatever your role is in this life. So I, I think this is, I think this beats a lot of the biohacks that we talk about, certainly as a foundation (laughs) anyway. So tell us a little more about how to learn more and how to access um, the amazing things that you do. Yeah, you can head to L-I-B-E-R-8, that's liberate.health. That's our website. You can learn about our current offerings. Like I said, we have a $199 emotional lab report and then 
our three month programs start at $597 and you get a lot of support. Like in each of those, you get 90 minute one-on-one sessions. It's, it's designed to be like, I mean, like I said, like we're really taking on therapy. (laughs) No kidding. Or like, like, I mean, I can't pay less than $400 an hour for a therapist in you know, some of the biggest cities. And so our intention is to, you know, equip you with the tools to become your own, you know, therapist in, in, in a lot of ways and know how to work with your therapist when you do, if you do have one, right? right? Like our emotional lab reports are really helpful to just like have that information as you go into therapy and you're like, Hey, I'm covered all this stuff. Can you help me get to the root of it? And then they can bust out all their tools. And so it's, it's meant to be that kind of support system for you. Mm. But yeah. You just had to liberate that health. But you, but you employ therapists of some kind to take people through this process. You said there's a 90 minute and then the mm-hmm. three month program, there's more sessions as well. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got, of range of support systems, right? So like our 90 minute sessions are not therapy. I just want to be really okay. clear on that. Like what we're doing is we are helping. It's uncovering. Yeah. yeah, we're uncovering and then we're using all that to then craft a personalized plan for you. Okay. Right. So like the personalized plan and then inside of the plans, there's then that's when we'll we'll bring in different types of therapists, different types of modalities, different types of tools. And that's when we'll really start to do the work in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is, but this is not meant to replace yeah. the need for, uh, you know, if you are, you know, if you have suicidal tendencies or if you're in kind of like that type of state, like I will say like, you know, definitely consult with your licensed mental health professional. You know, we are meant to be a supplement for the work. Um, but what we find in our communities is that as individuals are either waiting for therapy because there's a lot of giant wait list yeah. Or, 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 you know, they decide that, Hey, you know, like I kind of want to learn how to be like, kind of like the biohacking world. Like, you know, we can mm-hmm. go to the doctor and stuff like that, but there's so much that we can do on our own before we actually get to the doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's kind of the role that we like. So if you think about it even from a biohacking lens, like this is your way of taking your own emotional well being into your hands before you enter into a container with a licensed professional. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. you can be more of a co-pilot on the journey. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's almost, it, it's a little bit like quantifying the things, the areas you want to shed, shine light on, right? So I always think about when people go in for ketamine therapy, let's say, if you don't have a decent idea of what you're, I mean, maybe you don't need an idea of what you're going after, but having this kind of insight going in might help you to get to where you need to get maybe a little bit faster. I will... You know, we do a lot of work with a lot of people in in the psychedelic space. And one of the most powerful things that we've seen is, you know, the importance of having intention mm-hmm. going into a ketamine session and then the power, the importance of having integration afterwards. Yeah. And because the transformation that's happening in the moment, right? Your, your neuroplasticity is high. Like there's a lot of incredible insight. You're seeing things from a new lens, but then you go back into your environment that created the problem in the first place. And if you don't have tools that you can lean on to help you integrate some of this stuff, like, so a lot of our emotional lab reports are, are beautifully done, like before going into therapy sessions or ketamine therapy. And then afterwards as a tool to like, you know, just continue integrating. So we, nice. we, we do a lot of, we support a lot of that work as well. Beautiful. I love it. Well, Raj, this has been, I expected it to be, and I was not disappointed. This has been a Woo-hoo! fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's, um, yeah. it's been a pleasure and a joy. And once again, that's liberate 
with the number eight, not the yes. word eight, dot com. And, and dot um, health. Oh, sorry, dot health. And yeah. do you have a presence on Instagram as well, or is it just yes, the website? Yes, uh, you can follow me on Raj underscore Jana. Um, yeah, I'm constantly talking about this type of stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I would you imagine can DM once you me get with started, any questions. You can DM yeah. me with any questions. I love hearing from, especially if, if there's something on the podcast that stood out to you or if there's any clarifying questions, guys, please. Like, I live for this. My team lives for this. We really just want to empower you guys. So uh, please reach out. I love hearing from, from, from different folks from different walks of life. So amazing. Thank you so much. Thank this you. Has been great. Yeah. Thank this you. has been so much fun. Before we wrap up today's episode, I'd love to invite you to join my biohacking superhuman performance community, AKA the BSP community. This is a place where we dive deeper into longevity science, peptides, and bioregulators. If you're looking to get into the nitty gritty on these larger topics, this is the place for you. Plus, we hold weekly Q&A sessions, either with myself or with special guests for live interviews for you to join. And you can ask questions to the community for everyone to answer along with myself. It's an amazing community. If you want to join, head over to natnidham.com forward slash BSP dash community to join or find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning into today's episode. I wish you all the best this week in your biohacking superhuman performance. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the biohacking superhuman performance podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.